0: Welcome back to Mike on Money, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Unity Wealth Management. And thank you, everyone, for joining us here every week. Uh, every Tuesday at noon, we do our live broadcast. Of everything we saw last week in the markets and everything we see up and coming, and uh, we're also going to take a look at the uh, kind of the global recovery, kind of the synchronized global rec- recovery we're experiencing right now in the economies, uh, and take a look at what that means and both opportunities and where to look for investing for this year for the balance of 2021. And always with uh, what we cover on here, remember everything is for information purposes only. Always do your own due diligence or reach out to a professional advisor. uh, And you can reach us at mikeonmoney.com. That's our portal where you can find all our videos, all our educational content, but most importantly, you can get a hold of us uh, either by phone, email, or book an appointment with us directly there. Uh, And as always, uh, send us in your feedback. Love to hear any topics you'd like us to take a deeper look into. Uh, and see how we can make these more tailor-made to, uh, to what you're looking to hear about. And of course, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to send those in. If you're uh, watching uh, Replay, uh, go there and send in your questions. If you're listening to the podcast, same thing. If you're watching us live here, remember you can always click on that Q&A button, send in your questions, and we're happy to cover them here uh, today. If we don't get to them, as I tend to go along on these things, uh, I will definitely follow up with you afterwards with, uh, with your answers uh, and follow up on any, uh, any other uh, areas or questions you might have. So with that, let's take a look at what's going on in the economy. Uh, this week, we're looking for the U.S. trade uh, numbers, both in Canada and the U.S. So we're expecting those out later this week. Just, I don't think we're going to get any surprise on those numbers. Uh, They should be lower than last month, especially in the US. Uh, But that's, you know, again, just that surge of reopening starting to to level out. Uh, And again, don't be afraid of those numbers slowing down a little bit. What we're looking for is the trend, not necessarily the month-to-month as the reopening, depending on what areas uh, of the world reopen, what areas of the economies reopen, we are going to see a surge As each of those take place uh, over the next uh, six six to eight months, we did see the uh, the futures kind of have a bit of a pause. Uh, The markets out there looking, you know, just trying to get some idea around where the trade difference is going to end up. But more importantly, uh, kind of watching for the U.S. inflation number. Uh, It's you know the US's inflation number has been below the two percent target now for the uh, for the better part of ten years and. uh, you know whether it could it could jump above that or touch on that uh, the top end of the range in the uh, in, in the recent months. Uh, again, much like we saw in Canada, remember Canada peaked at 3.4 uh, above the 3% range that Canada targets, but we expect that in the reopening. We don't expect it to stay there. We'll talk a little bit more about inflation. When we talk about global markets, um, but we do expect that that that, that surge kind of a a bump up in the short term, and then level one off for the rest of the year. Stocks have rebounded in the last couple of sessions, though, uh, with the index hovering close to record levels uh, as optimism uh, for the reopening and the, uh, the economy's economic growth for this year continues to, to be strong, both in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, down in the U.S., uh, you know, the J&J vaccine, we kind of stopped talking about it for a while. The drive is definitely stalled in the U.S., after they put it on pause for safety reasons. Now they did re- release that pause, uh, but you know, given the, the, the numbers um, or the large number of people that have already been vaccinated in, in the US, and we're seeing this in Canada as well, where the J&J is, not, is non-existent, uh, where, where now the supplies of, of Pfizer vaccines and the other vaccines, AstraZeneca and Moderna, uh, are outpacing kind of the demands there's been real no push to uh, to introduce the J and J vaccine, you know, which uh, you know was an original rollout in the U.S. You know it was very optimistic. It was the single dose vaccine, uh, but now that everyone's going into their second dose, it's it's become a bit irrelevant. And they have 21 million doses doses sitting there uh, going unused. Luckily, uh, you know the U.S. has started this global effort to share vaccines with the world. Uh, Canada's uh, under a bit of pressure to to join that, uh, as our vaccine uh, numbers, you know, are well over seventy percent in BC here, seventy four percent of first shots anyway. Uh, and I think Canada will definitely jump on that as soon as we get into uh, you know get through this second shot phase, uh, you know, as our our population won't require as much um, stockpile anymore. Skin in the game, uh, video chat apps have been touted in exclusive uh, AI features for a long time um, and they throw the number, the, the, the name around of intuitive or integrated functions. Uh, but now we're seeing some of the ventures like Google and Cisco really pushing for inclusive. And when we talk about this, uh, just talking about uh, the AI features working for minorities. And this has been big in the press where everything from fa- facial recognition to auto lighting, uh, hasn't worked well for minorities uh, and, and the big tech giants have taken a lot of flack for that. Uh, and, and of course, as we go into uh, late 2020 and, and obviously the popularity of the video conference and apps as I'm using one right now uh, is getting bigger and bigger. These, uh, these big companies are working really hard to fix their AI to be more intuitive and more inclusive uh, in, in order to work for all races and all minorities around the world. Um, from Lapsom job benefits to full stadiums, you know, June is going to be a big month in the U.S. recovery. Uh, the reopenings is uh, happening. You know, they're bringing back the full stadiums, they're bringing back all the sports, uh, but also the job benefits, you know, where the, uh, the federal government had extended the EI benefits down there. Uh, we've already seen about half the states cut their benefits back uh, and the remainder go back this, this month. So, you know, all those extra benefits are going away uh, and, uh, and everything's kind of reopening. Now, on the flip side, the job front in the U.S. is, is strong. There's a lot of jobs out there. Um, in fact, they're having trouble finding people, especially in certain sectors. We're seeing that up in Canada as well, uh, especially when we talk about hospitality and restaurant businesses where, you know, they let go of all their skilled staff uh, and they went out and found other jobs, other careers. Uh, And now they're trying to rehire back into those positions again. And they're finding a big shortage, especially around the experience side of things as a lot of those, uh, those more experienced workers went on to find uh, other opportunities. And obviously they're happier where they are and they're not, uh, they're not looking at coming back into uh, those areas that they left. Uh, Wall Street's uh, trying to use some options. So, you know, this talking about what they call the meme stocks or, uh, you know, the Reddit, um, the Redditors who went on to the, you know, the Robin Hoods and started trading. This started with Game, uh, uh, GameStop uh, a while back, uh, moved on to AMC, Blackberry's been caught up in there. There's been a lot of other stocks that have been targeted uh, by these uh, online traders uh, who kind of see themselves as a bit of protesters. Uh, attacking the, uh, the big Wall Street shorters, right? So to recap the story really quickly, um, AMC, for example, this is the theater company. So if you go to, uh, you go to watch movies in the theaters, uh, they, they're the largest theater owner in the world. Uh, obviously hit very hard through the pandemic. Their stock fallen down to roughly $10. Uh, and some of the shorters out there are saying, hey, they're going to have a hard time coming back. They've lost all this money. You know, the uh, movie production studios are now using their streaming service to go direct to market, cutting out, you know, cutting out the theaters in a lot of cases. Uh, So even when things reopen, they're not going to get, uh, you know, full, um, you know, get back to where they were as far as revenue goes. And on top of that, they'd, over the last couple of years prior to the pandemic, had spent a lot of money in upgrading all, all those theaters to this VIP. Big experience. And now, are the viewers going to come back? So, the Wall Street bets were basically going against it and shorting the stock out there. And then, what ends up happening, you have this surge of volume coming in, driving up that stock. And what you get a short squeeze, right? So, they start to lose money on their short bets. Now, what a lot of people are not talking about, and AMC is a good example. So, like I said, I was trading around the $10 range, it has shot up to the $50 range. Uh, obviously, that's a big jump for a lot of people. But what ends up happening, it's not all these um, meme Redditor uh, buyers out there uh, that are driving that up. What happens is they move that stock up a little bit from, say, $10 to $15. But then all those short uh, traders out there go and cover that short. So that means they buy back the stock that they shorted. And that's a ton of buying volume. And it's a lot of their volume that's driving it up to the $50 range. Now, unfortunately, those protesters or those meme stock buyers are you know, are jumping on and they're getting it at the $50 range. And, and you know, as everyone knows, the stock market is a zero sum. It means someone bought it at $50, someone sold it at $50. But if it goes back to 10, whoever bought it at 50 is left holding the bag. And that's what you know, really concerns me around this. Is is you know the people buying it up there aren't really realizing what's driving up that volume. Now, of course, the shorters are getting smart too. Instead of going out and shorting the stock, they're just going out and trading options, so they can use options that you know simulate a short sell uh, without actually selling the underlying security. So what ends up happening is one, they're not declaring a short, so now your meme stock uh, activists aren't out there piling on to you. Um, you're not adding volume. And you can cover that uh, that that option by buying the opposite. So if you sold, you know, you bought a call, you can uh, sell a put, you cancel them out, uh, and there you go. Uh, you've washed your position uh, with any profit or loss in 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 the meantime. Uh, so they're switching their tactics uh, to offset some of this uh, activity. Uh, obviously, it's something we're going to continue to watch. You know, given the. Uh, the amount of times we've seen, you know, whether it be AMC, as I mentioned, GameStop, the BlackBerry, you know, have, you know, double, high double digits using 20, 25% moves in one day. AMC, we saw 70% move in one day uh, due to to this activity. Um, Not something I think people should be out there trading on, but it's happening out there, so you should be aware of it. Uh, You know, what now that the, we talked last week about the G7 passing the uh, the you know the foreign global tax deal, um, you know what now? Of course, the US has to uh, you know pass it, and that's going to be a challenge with the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, but uh, as they move through that, uh, they're paving way for some broader deals and to really reshape the cross border taxation for years to come. I think this is actually healthy. You know, we saw a, an announcement out the other day. Uh, Just on Elon Musk in 2018, paid zero dollars in tax in the United States. Uh, So you know those types of things that they're trying to, you know, try to to offset, just have a a more fair playing field. Um, You know, especially in the United States where you've got these big super uh, super cap companies, very large companies with tons of cash on their balance sheet, balance sheet up to uh, I think Apple's last balance was over 200 billion dollars on their global balance sheet. You know, paying very, very little tax. Uh, and of course, they want to get that $6 trillion stimulus package through for infrastructure improvements, you know, uh, new technology investment, uh, all those things. Well, that's an easy way to pay for it without damaging your economy. So, uh, given that the G7's on board with it, I think this is a, a positive thing to come. Uh, global bank and regulators are stepping in closer on the crypto capital rules. I've talked about this many, many times when we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. The global banks do not like the fact that it's unregulated. This is why crypto uh, or any cryptocurrency will have an absolute challenge to become a standard currency um, because you, the, uh, the governments want to track. You know, Even if you think this, the simplest portion of what they want to track is money laundering, but then the, the, the real thing that they want to track is taxation. Because that's a big source uh, of revenue they could lose if transactions were happening and they weren't able to track it to enforce taxes. So uh, we're already seeing the US. Uh, I think that I saw El Salvador was talking about using Bitcoin. Um, you know, it doesn't matter which cryptos, but they're all talking about a lot of them are talking about coming out with their own cryptocurrency. The UK is now talking about coming out with their own version of the pound uh, in crypto, uh, so, but with all those regulated rules around it. So uh, we're now seeing that as, as the crypto market heats up, uh, we're now seeing the central bank saying, you know, forget it, we're going to put regulations around this. And of course, China has been the first one to do that. Uh, and, uh, and other countries are going to, you know, are, will follow suit, because uh, they need to. Big IPO uh, coming out uh, the banking, uh, the banking app called Dave. Uh, is going to go public on a four billion dollars SPAC. We talked about SPACs a few weeks ago in our video, um, special purpose acquisition companies, uh, and this is led by Mark Cuban from uh, the Shark Tank. Uh, so uh, it's one of the biggest IPOs I think that's come out of that uh, come out of that show for sure, or, or that process. Uh, and we'll look at how that does uh, coming out this week. On the vaccine update, I mentioned uh, BC, we've gone over the 74% of adults who got their first. We're well into doing the second round. Uh, 72% of those over age 12 have already gotten it. Uh, pretty much similar across the country. Some provinces lagging a little bit. You know, Manitoba had a spike in cases uh, in the last couple of days, which is some good. But uh, as the vaccine goes, uh, continues to roll out there as well, uh, you know, they should follow the same stats the other provinces have been following, uh, you know, BC, uh, you know, June 15th, uh, we're definitely on track to meet our targets to uh, go for our second round of reopenings, uh, you know, the travel ban lifting uh, and larger groups getting together. Uh, so, uh, so, so that's progressing really well. Ontario's talking about their, you know, reopening a lot of things, um, you know, and good for them because they've been in, you know, real, real lockdown with, uh, you know, I, I, forgot through the fact that we, we lost our indoor dining, but we still had our patios, uh, open, you know, they never closed and, uh, you know, I talked to some people in Ontario and of course they had nothing, uh, nothing's open. They don't even have. Uh, you know, shopping indoors, you know, it's all curbside shopping uh, there, uh, which we never lost, you know, the ability to go into most stores here in BC. So uh, forgot how fortunate we were being through all this in BC. But anyway, it's getting better. And hopefully we're going to see those reopenings uh, continue on, on pace through the summer. And by the end of the summer, um, assuming we stay where we are, uh, we will have all restrictions lifted. Uh, I know BC's got September 1st as the target date. Uh, and I've also noticed in Quebec, uh, they're also progressing. They reopened the patios a couple of weeks ago. They're talking about the in, in dining and schools and everything opening normally in September. So all positive on that front. Uh, you know, Globally, things are getting better. Uh, India's numbers are coming down. Uh, UK, of course, leading, leading the charge. There's a lot of talks now between countries of uh, lifting the travel bans and more and more we're seeing certain countries being exempted if you have proof of vaccination uh, and that's gonna lead to you know, the vaccine passport or whatever, whatever we wanna call that or whatever form that's gonna take. Obviously, it's not about uh, local countries, but it's what, what the global uh, countries are gonna agree upon uh, as far as that goes. Uh, the other good news on that front is um, in 2021, it is estimated that we will produce 12 billion vaccines so, you know, if we, look, if we look at the global picture, and remember this is a global issue, We've talked about it before, uh, we can vaccinate everyone in Canada and it in Canada, but if the variants can continue to mutate uh, in other countries, uh, our vaccine might become useless. Uh, so, you know, the importance of vaccinated around the world. So with 12 billion, you know, that's 75% of the world having the two vaccines. Uh, so that's very, very positive. Um, positive news that we're on track to create, uh, to, to have that much in vaccine production uh, and, and, and very likely into 2022 going into a surplus. Um, so uh, we'll see how that translates to the healthcare stocks. We're going to talk about that. But um, but as far as the reopening goes, very positive. Uh, coming up in the US, as I mentioned, uh, we're looking for the trade deficits. Uh, we're likely to narrow down to about 69 billion. From uh, March, where we saw 74 billion, uh, again just that surge of reopening, uh, the job openings and labor turnover sur- survey I mentioned uh, going really well in the U.S. We're also going to see the uh, the executives at uh, Colonial Pipeline um, talk with the U.S. Senate and Homeland uh, Homeland Security just regarding to the cyber attack on the pipeline. Uh, you know, there was approximately 2.3 billion in cryptocurrency paid to you know. Uh, avert that uh, disaster. And I think they've actually, I read that they seized that money or seized that, uh, that, that currency uh, and a full investigations going into it. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are, uh, will start their virtual creator week uh, event for social media creators uh, and company executives. So if you're, a, uh, if you're an online star, uh, enjoy your creator week and uh, we look forward to seeing, seeing your appearances there. Uh, the U.S., uh, the FDA has approved Biogen's Alzheimer's drug. Now, uh, the stock has soared a bit on that announcement. Uh, the big thing about this drug is it's the first drug that actually treats the cause of Alzheimer's. All the other drugs out there for Alzheimer's is to create or treat the symptoms. This is the first one out there to create or treat the cause. Um, and, and one thing to keep in mind on this is... Uh, they actually don't expect it to be that effective um, you know it's still in test this was a pre uh, 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 an emergency approval pre approval uh, it's got all these clauses on it uh, as far as the fda approval goes nothing negative about that uh, and, and nothing negative about the fact that this isn't you know a straight up cure the very big positive takeaway from this it is going to drive a ton of research around the treating the, the, uh, the disease itself, as opposed to the symptoms, uh, which we've not had a lot before. So that's the positive takeaway here, is this is the first time that an FDA, the FDA has approved one for, the, for treating the disease itself, and that's going to drive a lot of other um, uh, drug manufacturers to uh, invest and start to build out uh, that area of the market. So uh, very positive news, both for those uh, who suffer from Alzheimer's, uh, but also for the, uh, for the drug industry. Uh, Google is taking a big fine in France um, over antitrust on their advertising practices, and they're making a bunch of changes. Uh, We covered this early stage when uh, this was raised. Um, Not a ton of surprise here, Uh, you know, just about favoritism and uh, how they rank things in their logarithms, uh, you know, using some unfair practices. Uh, So, just leveling the playing field there. There's, we've talked, there's a bunch more antitrust out there on a lot of the big tech giants, whether it be Facebook, um, uh, Amazon, uh, or uh, even Apple. So um, we're, we're, I think we're gonna see a lot of these antitrust suits kind of settle out in the next couple of years. Uh, if you have an Apple device, especially a phone, uh, they've added some uh, privacy protections um, and it also enable you to store your ID on your phones, Uh, So, you know, your government issued ID, be able to store on there if you wanted to. Uh, But the big thing is the uh, privacy protection. We talked about, uh, you know, Facebook was suing Apple over this because it allows Apple users to block uh, apps on your phone from tracking you. So if you've opened an app since the update went out, you've probably seen the warning. This app tracks you uh, when you're not using it. Would you like to allow it or not allow it? Uh, So that's the new feature. and for a lot of those apps and a lot of data compilers out there, that's a big problem or not a problem. But, you know, it's going to cut into the revenues because they they take all that information from all the different apps that you use and they track you. And it's not about, you know, where you are is what they're worried about. It's your habits, right? They're marketing into your habits. So I think I used the example before where, you know, a father was taking his, his, his kids out to a movie. He... One on the app, he bought some tickets, uh, he looked at the area, uh, he went to get ice cream beforehand, and another app tracked his location, Uh, they knew he was at the ice cream store, then afterwards he went to the grocery store, and then went home, and then they put all that together, and they now know, you know, the area he frequents, you know, what type of movies they like, uh, what areas they go to the movie theater, uh, you know, that they like ice cream, and where they hang out. And now advertisers can target their ads to you based on that usage. So you know that answers the question where we think our devices are listening to us all the time. You know when we go into a store and then all of a sudden they get an, an ad from that store. Well, they are listening to you, but they're they're listening through all those location tracking. And so you can turn those off now. Um, but uh, or Apple gives you the option to turn those off. AMC and other stocks, uh, favorite jumps, uh, you know, we talked about the meme stocks. Uh, as I mentioned, they had that big, uh, that big jump, uh, you know, almost 70% in one day. Uh, and, uh, and it continues today. It's pretty flat today, but still holds up at the $50 uh, price range. Uh, Blackstone, the uh, institutional equity investor, is uh, taking QTS Realty Trust private and $10 billion deal. Uh, this is a kind of a wave of companies going private. We talked about d and last week, uh, who only went public late last year and now are being taken back private again. Uh, so this is an all cash deal going private. Uh, we'll probably see more of those as uh, uh, institutional investors uh, find value out there in, in uh, buying these companies, amalgamated in different vertically Uh, you know, uh, different verticals into the industry and then roll them out back out public for a higher price down the road. Up in Canada, as I mentioned, uh, we're looking for those trade numbers. uh, And again, we're looking for it to narrow a little bit from March. Uh, Canada is also, Canada's Endeavor sets uh, dividend policy ahead of a London list. And so uh, Endeavor Mining, we we talked about, you know, materials being very, uh, very active right now. Uh, Endeavour Mining is expanding to the uh, the London listing, and they've actually actually put 500 million aside for shareholder returns uh, through to 2023, uh, just to promote their uh, dividend. And they're listed on the uh, the London Exchange, uh, so that was an interesting move by them. Canadians Nutrients are going to boost their potash output on strong global demand, um, obviously uh, with the reopening and expansion. Uh, you know, farmers. You know the growth, uh, the growth of uh, produce required around the world is increasing constantly, uh, and the rec- increase in the pot- potash production. Uh, I don't love this area simply from the the standpoint. Uh, there is no shortage of potash. We, we have access to more potash than the world will ever need. Just a matter of how much is mined, um, and 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 you know kind of just inventory controls. So uh, you know the prices is, is basically set. Um, basically set by the producers, by, you know, how much access that they create. Uh, and, and sometimes there'll be a temporary surge in demand, but the producers just go uh, mine more, and then they have more for the, for the next round or for the next grow season. So um, it's not an area I like to uh, overly invest into. Uh, I, so I'd be cautious about jumping on it now uh, because the, the price would have spiked on that, that announcement of increased demand. ID verification startup Trulio uh, has raised another 400 million, and their value now the company at 1.7 billion. This is a Canadian startup, so it's a great story. Uh, So they provide global uh, identification uh, verification uh, for online uh, for online use, uh, and uh, the venture capital firm is now growing to almost two billion dollars in valuation. So so good for them. And I've been following the news, of course. Uh, here in BC, the Save Ferry Creek uh, protests continue. The battle over Canada's western uh, ancient forests has uh, been a long-running battle uh, with between protesters and uh, logging companies. And of course, with the demand on lumber right now, uh, the uh, the company, the logging companies, are being very aggressive about using uh, you know using their inventories up or cutting the their inventories up to to get it to market. Uh, and there's a big, uh, big fight, uh, especially between uh, the protesters and the logging companies over uh, on Vancouver Island. Uh, and you probably see that in the, the news on a nightly basis. On the foreign exchange front, uh, we saw the dollar hedge a little bit higher against Europe, still staying pretty much within its range. The Canadian dollar sticking above 82 at 82.58. I think last week we were 82.70 something uh, in that range. So here, you know, here it is, folks. Bitcoin is now on our forex exchange chart. So, you, so you know, cryptocurrencies are becoming more popular. Um, The—I uh, I couldn't believe when I saw the—I uh, I saw the news feed had Bitcoin in our main forex feed. So I have put it in there. It did drop 7.6 percent. Uh, you know, s- still staying near its three-week three low around 32,000 U.S. Um, Obviously, on those talks of regulations, especially in China. On the oil front, uh, we did see oil drops uh, below the 70 mark, still holding above the 69. Uh, You know, just a little bit of concern that the reopening won't be as aggressive or the demand of oil won't be as aggressive as thought. But obviously, still hoping for a demand surge as everything starts to reopen on the global front. Uh, Copper uh, edged a little bit lower from its highs, but still holding up there. Uh, as we saw China, the, the China uh, uh, demands slow down a little bit over the last three months. So now let's talk about this uh, global synchronization of, uh, of the economies and this recovery that we're in. Now, i have talked about inflation and why it's really important to you to keep a very close eye on it. But I also mentioned that we were going to see that surge, which we are seeing, um, but it shouldn't be a serious problem, and, and we don't want it to become a big concern before um, it, before it is a big concern. As I mentioned, probably after f- uh, first quarter twenty two. And there's a lot of reasons why, despite uh, all this growth, you know, if you look at the markets uh, that, that that we've come through, uh, we've seen uh, you know the amount of stimulus um, that the governments have pumped into the markets. Uh, you know, in fact. Of the total economy, I think in the US and the UK, about 10% of the growth in the economy was just by uh, government. Um, but this stimulus is a little bit different than other stimulus or past stimulus packages. So the money that's been uh, you know, given out by governments um, is not so much a gift, it's actually replacing something like that was lost due to the shutdown, right? We shut down the economy, that, that money was lost, it wasn't created, uh, so it's not a transfer, it's actually a replacement. So think of it a little bit different in that standpoint. I mean, it is going to bring inflation to a head at some point, but think of, don't think about it as being too soon, uh, because it is, it is a different animal this time around. We also have a lot of uh, different things happening um, that normally drives inflation. If you think back, really think back to the 80s, where we had hyperinflation, you know, hyperinflation, um, What was driving that? Well, that was the baby boomers, right? We had this massive, massive group of uh, uh, people moving through uh, into their um, their spending years into the labor market. Uh, And but right now we have pretty weak demographics on a global basis, uh, or certainly weaker than we did back then. So you know that's actually slowing the impact of inflation as we go into it. On top of that, we have low birth rates globally. Um, So the 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 replacement of the population isn't happening at the same rate we had in, in previous inflationary times. So both those things are also you know slowing things down. And also, if you reflect a lot on 2020, we jumped on te- te- technology, um, you know, even more so than we we would have, uh, you know, embracing technology into new new sectors and new areas. And that means productivity enhancement. So. Productivity, hence, keeps costs down. So that's going to slow that that inflationary turn as well. Uh, And then, of course, we all shopped online, and the online competition is driving prices down as well, or at least keeping them lower. Yes, there are some surges in inflation as manufacturing had to restart up again, and supply chains had to get regoing, and that's that surge we've been talking about. But as that levels off, there's a lot of factors there slowing that inflation down. So it is something we have to absolutely keep on our radar and keep track of it. But for 2021 and into the start of 2022, you know, we have all these other areas easing that inflationary pressure. So it should not be um, a big concern to deal with. So why can uh, equities uh, keep rising? As I mentioned, we, we, we've seen them surge up from their March lows in 2020. Um, you know, how much more can they go? Well, there's a lot of things out there, you know, pushing that. And, and, and we've talked about that as well. Is the cost of borrowing or the liquidity we have out in the market? There's massive amount of liquidity in the market um, with low interest rates. You know, uh, government treasuries driving that, uh, and, and none of that's going away in 2021, right? All the all the federal governments have basically said we're not, you know, turning this off. They're saying 2023 maybe that's aggressive, but definitely into 2022. So there's a lot of push for equities to drive up earnings. We're likely to see a 20% growth in earnings in the United States alone just in 2021. And it's expected to be uh, in, in high double digits into 2022 as well. So with that amount of, of, uh, of growth in the market, uh, we shouldn't see, we'll see volatility. Don't get me wrong, we will still see volatility, but as far as steady growth goes for 2021 and 2022, it's still, looking, it's still looking very strong. Now on top of that, those stimulation, sorry, stimulus packages that are out there, um, there's $5 trillion globally on the sidelines that has not been spent yet. So that's a lot of capital to flow into those markets um, that, haven't, that, have, that have been waiting for the reopening. So when we talk about, you know yes, we've seen a surge up on the reopening expectations, but there's still a lot of growth to happen as we actually go into reopening. And and we're gonna talk about how that's gonna look a little bit different. And then of course, the last aspect there is the vaccines. Uh, And of course, uh, that's moving along uh, well ahead of pace in in the developed countries. Uh, Most of the developed countries will be reopening completely in 2021 because of the vaccine. Uh, You know, we mentioned UK, the US, Canada, all above 70%. And I talked about those 12 billion is just in 2021 alone uh, getting out to the globe. So uh, all that uh, is very positive for an actual reopen uh, in this year. Now, what should we expect and what should we invest into Cyclicals versus growth? This has been an ongoing debate, debate rather. I've talked about this many times in these videos, uh, growth uh, versus value, small cap versus large cap, uh, you know, technology in different sectors. Uh, well, you know, the truth of the, truth of the matter is, uh, if we look backwards, growth uh, has dominated 2019 and 2020 and part of 2018. It's been, it's beat out the value stocks um, hands down. Um, but I, I think there, there's, there's and, and the two sectors mostly driven in there is tech and healthcare, especially in 2020. Um, but there's no one out there that's saying that they're going to continue at that pace. It's pretty much consensus that value, uh, you know, value is going to take over as we reopen. Because remember, we have this big surge, all those big numbers, those, you know, the March numbers, the manufacturing numbers in March uh, and, and into April. And now they're starting to stabilize. Now we're, we're going into real economic growth. And that's what we want. We want to get through that surge into real economic growth. And that's where we're now seeing, you know, where we're going to see it. Energy, materials, industrials, financials. Those are your value sectors. Those ones are going to start that have already started to move. And that's where we're going to see the money, uh, the money flow uh, infrastructure is in there as well. Um, You know, that's where we're going to see the real economic growth over the next year or two. uh, And and that's where you should don't go, don't move completely away from growth. We talked about that value versus growth, but definitely start building that that side of the portfolio and start to overweight that side of the portfolio. Now I want to talk in there. ESG, or environmental, social, and governance uh, stocks or, or equities, uh, because it's been big. Uh, uh, we've covered it as well. Uh, and it's going to continue to be a long-term trend, but it's not going to be the short-term trend. Don't be afraid if you see a little bit of lag in, in, the, in the growth. It had a good 2020. Uh, we're probably going to see a little bit of lag in that sector in 2021 as uh, money flows into those, those other areas. Um, you know, based on the reopening, uh, you know, uh, energy being a great example. Uh, you've heard me talk about the long-term outlook on oil and gas and fossil fuels is a net losing game. It is a shrinking industry technology. Uh, green tech is, uh, or green energy is taken over only because, for a lot of reasons, but the main reason being it's more cost-effective now. So industry is going to shift over but it's gonna take a little bit of time. The surge, that reopening surge is going to happen in the oil and gas sectors and in the fossil fuel sectors, because that's where it's going to get hit first. The green tech is gonna take time. So if you're talking long-term, yes, absolutely, ESG is a theme you should have in the portfolio. If you're talking shorter term, cyclical is where we're going to see um, the, 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 the bigger short-term moves. Uh, and that you know that goes to hospitality Uh, hotel, travel, all those things as well as the economy reopens uh, over the next little bit. Uh, That is a global theme that's not centered on Canada. Uh, We're seeing the numbers the same around the world. Uh, It's very rare we get the synchronization, uh, but of course, it's very rare the globe goes into a pandemic. About the only economy that's off of that would be um, uh, China, which went into a uh, recovery uh, earlier, because, of course, they went into the pandemic earlier. Uh, we, but we have seen this lag in emerging markets. But as the uh, developed markets uh, start to surge, we're going to, we will see that surge follow in the emerging markets as trade picks up and as um, we, we normalize the, the economic levels. So with that, that's all I have for you this week. As always, go to MikeOnMoney.com to see all this, the replays and all our other videos, and send us your feedback. Otherwise, I will see you next Tuesday. Oh, and keep in mind, we are still putting out our crypto series. Part one and two are out. Part three is coming out next Monday uh, if you've been following those. Thanks very much, everyone. Take care. Talk to you again.